Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of She Said CEO podcast. I am your host, Kelly Dan, and you are listening to She Said CEO, where you are the CEO of your own life, your own finances, your dream job, master of your emotions, and your mental health. Welcome back. This is episode two, I believe. It's been a while since I recorded the first episode. I don't really know if that's even considered a first episode. I think it's more like a trailer. So I guess this technically is episode one. I'm not sure how this goes, but I just wanted to give you guys a little life update. It is November. It is fall. And you know what? It is sad girl fall. I am recovering from a breakup. I'm now living at home again. And now it's fall. So I feel like my seasonal affective disorder is kicking in so much harder this week. I felt really depressed this week and I just want to talk to you guys a little bit more about that. I just feel like these past two weeks have been really depressing. I've laid in bed and just stared at the ceiling for a few hours and I just feel like I'm in a funk. And it's been a couple weeks since I've been back and I just thought I would take the time to unpack and get used to things and create routines but I feel like I've just been slipping into this depression and this is something I want to talk about and something I want to kind of help you guys on since I know this is pretty common, especially since there's this now term called sad girl fall and it's just something that I want to address. So we're in a new season, it's fall, it's November, the weather's getting colder, at least here in the Bay Area it is chilly, it's like in the 60s, sometimes the 70s, like this weekend it's going to be in the 70s which is so nice. But for the last like couple weeks, it's been like in the 50s and 60s, which is something I'm not used to being from Arizona, actually not from Arizona, but living there for the last five years, I have just gotten, what's the word? Acclimated? Yeah, I think that's the word. Acclimated to the weather and I'm just not used to this cold weather. So that's just a big wake up call here is that I'm always in like a sweater here. So it's sweater weather, it's colder. Also the days are shorter. It's now daylight savings time. So, or is it daylight? I think it's the end of it. So the end of daylight savings time is here. So the days just feel shorter. Like there's not that much sunlight out anymore. So it just feels like at 3 p.m. it's already like, golden hour which is like really weird to like comprehend especially since arizona didn't participate in daylight savings there's like some reason why arizona doesn't participate in daylight savings time i think it's because they get so much sun throughout the year something like that but here in california we do daylight savings time so it's something that i'm getting used to again too especially since i didn't have it for the last five years so Days are shorter, it's getting darker faster, and I just feel like my routine is just off, especially since my routines are typically around sunset time, like I'm a huge sunset exercise person. So I really wanna talk about routines. I am the type of person who likes to work out around sunset time. That's just how I've been for the last, I don't know, lots of years. I don't really know how long it's been, but I just I just like working out around sunset time. It's so pretty. It's golden hour, then the sky turns colors. It's warm. That's like a huge thing. So, now that it's colder and the days are shorter, I found myself switching up my workout routines to the middle of the day versus the end of the day. And I feel like that helps a lot more because there's more light and it's just 
you know, it's warmer. And plus, honestly, by 6 p.m., I'm already ready for bed. Like, I am getting so tired so early now because of this whole daylight savings thing. So that is my workout routine update here while living at home. Now, as for my relationship update, I'm still kind of on hold with that. I'm back. I'm, you know, unpacked and everything from when I first recorded the first episode. So that's good. Although... About five minutes ago, no, maybe 10 minutes ago, I did get a text from my friend who still lives at the same apartment complex as I used to, and they said that my car, which is still out there, has a notice on it that it's going to get towed. So that's fun. Um, I have a lot of anxiety about that, but you know, this is literally why I started this podcast is because I'm in control of my emotions. I'm in control of how I... And perceiving the situation. I have a lot of anxiety now because of that. I'm trying to plan in my head the trip and how I can go back and take care of that situation. But I feel like I'm handling it pretty good. I'm just like kind of in a, oh well, screw it kind of mood. Like, okay, if my car gets towed, I'm going to have to call them. I'm going to have to pay for it. I'm going to have to do something about it. But I'm not going to just freak out in the meantime, because what's the point of that? So that's kind of where I'm at mentally with situations nowadays i'm just kind of taking it and trying to be mature about it obviously there's you know setbacks and stuff but i think right now i think i'm just so over the anxiety factor like truly just so over feeling fight or flight symptoms 24 7 because of this breakup and because of this new information coming out and all this that i'm just kind of like you know what i'm just gonna go with it because the worst has already happened if my car gets towed, if my car gets impounded, then I'll go from there. I'm not the only human on earth that like has had this happen to them. So I'm just going to try to see it as like, hey, this is normal and go from there. But anyways, aside from that anxiety, I feel like I've been managing it pretty well here. Um, I think that's going to be a different episode. I think today's episode, I just really want to talk more about depression and seasonal affective disorder, which is a branch of depression. So seasonal affective disorder is a branch of depression according to the DSM-5, which if you guys don't know what the DSM-5 is, it is the Diagnostic Statistic Manual for Diagnosing Mental Disorders. So just like the name suggests, seasonal affective disorder is pretty much by the season and it basically is biochemical imbalance in the brain prompted by shorter daylight hours and less sunlight in winter. So as the seasons change, people experience a shift in their biological internal clock or circadian rhythm that can cause them to be out of step with their daily schedule. And there's a lot of different symptoms for seasonal affective disorder, but some of the ones that have been affecting me are oversleeping, which is hypersomnia, overeating, and social withdrawing like I'm hibernating. So I just want to go over these few symptoms with you guys and then give you some tips to get out of this depression or funk. So starting with the first one, oversleeping. I feel like I've been getting a really good amount of sleep. However, when I wake up, I feel like my brain is just running and I'm laying in bed, but also I don't want to get out of bed because I feel like 
I don't need to. And where that comes from is that I am working at home. I'm living at home. So like many of us during quarantine, our offices are in our bedrooms, right? Like we're setting up our Zoom calls and it's literally in our bedrooms. So when I wake up, I'm just like, well, I'm already here. I don't need to commute. I don't need to get ready. So I lay in bed and then my brain just keeps on running and running. And all of a sudden it's been like 45 minutes. And sometimes even like, and sometimes even like two hours, like last weekend, I was just laying in bed for hours and I'm like, what is going on here? Like, why am I not getting ready? So that is something that I've been noticing and I've been journaling about it just to kind of quantify how many minutes I've been in bed for, just to kind of gauge how much time I have been spending in bed just staring at a ceiling. So if it's been like 45 minutes on Monday, then Tuesday, maybe I can get it down to 30 minutes. You know what I mean? So I feel like that's also a tip too, before I get into the tips, is just to quantify everything. And literally, it may seem kind of stupid how you're cutting it down by five minutes, but honestly, every day you can get better. So today I didn't really do that as much because I was aware of it. I was like, no, we're not going to do that today. So I think just being aware of it is really helpful. But that was my first symptom was just oversleeping and overthinking. Like overthinking sucks, you guys. But that's one way to kind of help it is just to quantify it and write it down. So every day you can be more mindful of it and just kind of you know, take less and less time to overthink. Okay, so now getting into the tips for oversleeping or overthinking. Um, the first one is to get out of bed. The second my feet touch the ground, I'm like, okay, I'm up, gotta start my day. And my thoughts just kind of slow down. I don't, I wouldn't say they go away completely, but they definitely slow down compared to if I was just laying in bed, staring at the ceiling, thinking about my to-do list for the day, things I haven't done yet, you know, just kind of going throughout your day. I think once you get out of bed, it just kind of gets the ball rolling. So that is the first tip. The second tip kind of goes hand in hand, which is make your bed. It's very simple. It's like, why do I need to make my bed? But it, there's something about making your bed that makes you feel productive. And I definitely see a lot of girls post that. They're like, make your bed, like a part of their morning routine. And I started to do that too. And I'm like, wow, it definitely makes me feel cleaner. That De definitely makes me feel like I'm not going to go back in bed after because it's already made and I don't want to mess it up. So I think psychologically, it definitely helps you. And it's definitely a mood booster for me. So make your bed. Another tip for me for oversleeping and overthinking is to pick up my room. So everything has a home in my room basically like if i have a pencil left out it goes in the drawer okay if my hat is on the floor because i went for a run it's getting put away in the closet so basically i'm very tidy everything has a home i'm very minimal that's just my style because it makes me feel good i hate clutter i hate when things are just everywhere i like to know where things are at i like to keep track of my inventory it just makes me feel good so i try to do a good job of picking up my room and putting it away because everything has a home in my room the next couple tips have to do with just getting ready so yesterday i didn't do my skincare and i didn't really get dressed i brushed my teeth and i brushed my hair but I didn't really like fully get ready because I didn't need to. I didn't need to leave the house. And I kind of just felt like I was not completely ready for the day yet. And it's crazy because I had to do stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, I'll just get ready when I get back. And then it just kept getting pushed and pushed back to all of a sudden it's, you know, 6 p.m. and dark out. So I'm like, oh, okay. Like I just never fully got ready. 
So a huge mood booster and tip is to do your skincare. Like literally just wash your face, slap on a moisturizer, whatever you do. For me, I actually took time to do my full skincare routine this morning and I feel like a new woman. I feel like how I used to do it when I had my routine set and now that I'm back at home, I'm like my routine's kind of off. So just doing your skincare routine will make you feel good. Getting dressed and not wearing your pajamas from the night before, huge mood booster. Also, make sure you have clean laundry too. That's a huge thing when it comes to feeling depressed is that like I'm reusing the same clothes. And I know that sounds kind of gross, but that's how it feels sometimes. It feels like, oh, I don't need to do this. I don't have to do it, so I don't do it. So I think a huge thing is discipline over motivation. You need to feel like you're worthy of getting dressed. And in turn, once you do get dressed, you will feel good. But I think it's just a few of those roadblocks in between that really hinder you from getting dressed. So like yesterday, I'm like, oh, I don't have clean laundry. So I'm just going to rewear what I wore the day before. And the entire day, my mood was just kind of shitty. So big tips are to just do your skincare and to get dressed. You'll feel like a clean person. You'll feel good for the day and you'll feel kind of energized. So those are my tips for oversleeping and overthinking and just kind of getting the ball rolling to get out of this depression or funk. Okay, so the next symptom that I've been having, I didn't even know was a part of seasonal affective disorder until I just researched it right now, and that's overeating. And according to this article I found on National Institute of Mental Health, some of the winter pattern um, symptoms include overeating, but they note particularly with a craving for carbohydrates. And I'm like, I don't really eat carbs, but then I thought about my week this week and all I did was eat waffles, like frozen waffles doused in like butter and syrup. And I'm like, like, I, I, I literally don't even know where that came from. Like I used to eat waffles back at home in my old apartment every now and then because they just tasted good and they were healthier. But then now I'm over here eating Eggo waffles doused in syrup and butter, maybe top it off with a little bit of blueberries, but I'm eating that like For breakfast, I'm eating that for dessert. I'm eating that for like midday snacks. I'm just like craving waffles 24-7, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing, but I mean, I eat them on top of other things. So I feel like, I don't know. I don't really want to talk about overeating and, and that kind of stuff because I'm not too familiar with diet and nutrition, but I do want to take note of my waffle eating behavior the last couple weeks here. I definitely believe food plays a huge role in mood and mood disorders and depression because it can literally give you energy or can make you feel sluggish. Like it's really up to you and how you eat, when you eat, how much you eat. So I think this week I just want to be a little bit better at monitoring what I eat and when I eat. Also how much I eat too, but I definitely want to consider what I'm eating. If you guys know me, you guys know I douse everything in sauce. And my old psychology teacher used to say that our taste buds are perverted, not in like a weird sexual way, but I mean like perverted as in like far from what it's supposed to be, which is um, food's natural taste. So I definitely want to taste food more. I went to the farmer's market this past week and got a bunch of produce. And so that's like the top-notch stuff too. It's not, you know, completely drowned in chemicals. It's completely organic and fresh and local. So I do want my taste buds to get acclimated to, you know, something fresh. And I feel like that's going to give me a lot of energy. So that's something I'm working on. I don't really have the best tips for that. I think 
just being mindful of the stuff I'm eating. Maybe I can start a food diary. I think food journaling is super important too because it just, you know, it's just a good way to remember, you know, what you ate, when you ate, um, especially if you eat out a lot too. So that's kind of a tip I'm going to give you guys. And then lastly, this is probably one of the most important symptoms I've been feeling with seasonal affective disorder and that is social withdrawing. This is arguably one of the most important symptoms because it literally can enhance or decrease my mood in a matter of seconds. And not to keep going into the breakup and everything, I definitely want to do a few episodes on that aside from this, but going through changes and going through separation in different seasons, you're going to find that you're going to be losing a lot of friends from one season going into a new season. And I sound very like prophetic and biblical right now, but that's so true. Um, I just want to let you guys know that my phone has been drier than the freaking Sahara Desert the last like two months. And I'm starting to be okay with that. As I'm trying to understand why my phone is so dry and that no one's hitting me up i feel like my mind is telling me that oh it's not worth you know still reaching out to them since you don't live in arizona anymore and why try like why reach out and i feel like my mind is just you know telling me not to make things worse like i feel like i can totally reach out and you know have small talk however i think i truly crave like a deep connection like i have a lot of acquaintances but I don't have a lot of close, close friends. I have two best friends that I've known for about eight plus years. But aside from that, I don't really have close friends. So I feel like the friends that I did have back in Arizona, I feel like I can't try anymore because I don't live there. So I think that's one cause of my social withdrawing, at least the last few weeks here. I've actually had a few friends reach out to me from Arizona that know what I'm going through and they're just checking in and they're such sweethearts but for some reason you guys this last week week and a half I haven't been responding to people and I just feel like it's my fear of not having connection which is so ironic because they're texting me all I have to do is text back but I think my brain thinks two steps ahead like okay how are you doing oh i'm good how are you cool and the next step is just like when are you coming back out here when's this and i feel like there's just tough questions that i've been dancing around like do you live here permanently are you gonna come back ever to arizona so i think i've just kind of been living in fear of those questions that i don't want to reach back out to people and i've been socially withdrawing myself and it's kind of scary because I'm like wait I'm like really isolated here and that's not me I'm not a quiet introverted person I mean growing older yeah I like staying in a little bit more compared to like going out clubbing but being completely isolated I think that's not healthy that's not the way you're supposed to live your life so I think something that I've just been going through is just being socially isolated during this sad girl fall. So that's something I'm kind of going through lately is just recognizing my social withdrawalness and trying to replace it with, you know, me reaching out and feeling connected to people. 
So I think some of the tips I'm going to give you for this one is to begin with what is stopping you from reaching out to someone. What I've learned from getting these text messages is that I'm scared of not just the fear of rejection, I think I'm more scared of answering hard questions that I don't have the answer to. Like, when am I going to move back? Am I ever going to go back? What are you doing now? What's your life? Like, just hard questions that I don't have the answer to, but just recognizing where that fear initially comes from is really good because then it will give you confidence for when you do reach out to someone and make you feel like you are capable of having a difficult conversation with someone. And the second tip I'm gonna give you is to make a list of people to reach out to. So for me, I wrote down four specific people that I still need to reach back out to, and their names are just written down here on my notebook, and I'm like, I need to send them a text message right now. Another thing that's stopping me from reaching out to these people is the fear of losing them as a friend. Two, aside from rejection, aside from answering hard questions, I feel like if I say maybe the wrong answer, which is like, hey, I'll probably never be in that state again, or hey, I'll probably never see you in person again, then I feel like after saying that, they're just going to not try as well and be like, okay, well, it's nice knowing you. And I think that fear of losing someone is kind of what's stopping me or hindering me to reach out, which is so like I said, ironic because I'm the one, you know, severing the relationship right now, not them. So I think just making an effort and giving it your all without the fear of losing someone is super important because at least you know that, hey, you tried, you did the effort. And if things don't work out, wow, this sounds like a romantic relationship. (laughs) I'm talking about like a friendship here. Like if things don't work out, then that's when you go find new friends. And I sound so optimistic right there, but it's really true. Like I've really been holding out on reaching out to people for the fear of losing the people, but in turn, I'm the one losing people on my end. So I think the first step is to one, get over the fear of all those things and see where that root causes of why you're not reaching out. So that is step one. And then two, make your list of people you want to reach out to. So for me, I have four people written down that have reached out to me and I still need to reach back out to them. It's been like two weeks and I just don't know how to reach out since it's been so long since they initially reached out to where I feel like it's, you know, almost disrespectful to reach out two weeks later. But just like with any physical illness, like you're in the hospital or you had surgery, you need that recovery time. And with depression and seasonal affective disorder, which is a form of depression, I think you just need time to kind of collect your thoughts and and kind of just be with yourself and feel your feels and, you know, just take time for yourself. But when you're ready, reach out to people. And I think that's kind of important too is to take time off for your mental health like hey I literally could not be there for you even if you're checking in with me I feel like I still couldn't bring myself to even text back but now I'm ready so now I feel like embarrassed but I just want to highlight that mental health can do that sometimes and it's okay you need to give yourself grace and It is a little hard coming back after that, but like I said, in step one, you just need to 
figure out that root cause of what's stopping you. And for me, it was fear. And so I think I just need to not fear or worry about the rejection. So honestly, I just need to do it and not think too much of it because it's just collecting dust in my mind. Okay, and another tip I've been implementing to feel more connected is to actually look up and smile at people when people are crossing my direction. So yesterday I went on a run. It was in the middle of the day, so it was bright and sunny out and there was actually a lot of people out and then I realized it was a holiday, so obviously people are gonna be doing outdoor activities on their day off. But I got a total of five good mornings and like countless waves from other people. Like I literally looked up and people verbally were like, good morning, how are you? Good morning, hi. And I'm over here like doing my press smile. And for those of you guys who don't know what my press smile is, I literally just smile without my teeth. I press my cheeks in and I do a little wave. I do a little two second wave and I look up and I look down. But for some reason, yesterday, I was finding myself being more communicative to other people and just smiling. And even if I was like faking it, it just still felt really nice to feel connected to people. And I'm like, hey, we're both here running at the same time, same place. And it just felt really good to feel connected. Like, I don't know, like the endorphins just started kicking off from there, which surprisingly was a mood booster. So huge tip for you guys is to just look up and smile. Even if it means doing the press smile, it works. Like I remember even not doing a wave. I remember looking up and being like, oh, I don't want to like talk to these people they're like just two guys coming my way on bikes and I'm just like I don't want to really wave so I just looked up and did my little press smile no wave and they waved I'm like okay cool like I didn't want to overly be friendly but then also I still gave a little bit of an effort so it's up to you guys if you want to look up cool do a little smile do a little wave only do a wave whatever just acknowledge the person Trust me, you guys, from someone who is really awkward in social situations most of the time. Okay, that's like putting myself down. I wouldn't say most of the time. But to an extent, I do feel awkwardness at some point in, in social situations. I honestly feel like just acknowledging the human makes it so much more less awkward. Like, trust me, just acknowledge someone. And then it's like, cool, I got that off my chest. Versus being at like a coffee shop and seeing someone you know and like not making eye contact but both of you guys know that you guys both know each other type of thing you guys know what i'm talking about so just look up acknowledge the person maybe smile maybe wave and trust me you guys will feel so much better all right you guys so i think that is it for my sad girl fall episode thank you guys so much for listening i really hope these tips helped a little bit when it comes to seasonal affective disorder depression or just being in a funk you know especially with the weather changing and it getting darker faster it's getting colder adele's releasing her album next week <laughs> like it's just very emotional just an emotional time and i really hope you guys can stay productive and connected and just happy during this quote sad girl fall and i hope you guys have the best week ever i will talk to you guys next week bye